basically my worry is that every time I check that I'm recording, I worry that that time I accidentally press the stop recording button. So I've just got to check back to make sure I didn't accidentally do that. And then I've got to check back again to make sure I didn't do it that time. Anyway, it's fine. It's definitely recording. Hello, welcome back to Metal Gear Goth. Uh, it's been a while. It's been an entire Christmas. It's been an entire New Year's. Uh, I'm now an incredibly old man. Uh, I think I'm 58 or something now. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, I'm still Sean Casey. I haven't changed my name or anything. Uh, is there anybody else here? You have got a co-host. You're not just talking to yourself oh, today. Oh, cool. Hello. How's it going, man? Hey, yeah, not too bad. Um, I made it back. I made it through the uh, segment of gameplay that we're going to be talking about today. And oh, I'm that's good. ideal. Yeah. That's not really the only requirement. Yes, I'm glad to be fulfilling the minimal expectations that the outside world has of me. That's always a good way to yeah, end the week. Definitely. Anyway, so, um, in case you are new, which, uh, I mean, if you are new, I mean, there's only two episodes before this one, which is, I don't, I think that's not too big an ask at this point. Later on down the line, sure, you can jump on, but at this point, I think you, we can kind of expect you to go back and listen to the first two. Seems fair. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. But the idea is that uh, I have played all the Metal Gear Solid games, and I think things about them. You have not, Anna. I've not played any of the Metal Gear Solid games. Nope, not the whole way through. Yeah, and I just thought it would be fun to take my friend Anna through Metal Gear Solid and uh, see if she had an interesting time with them. And I think we've had an interesting time so far. Right, yeah. So um, you've been taking me through pretty much stage by stage, kind of holding my hand through this uh, brave new world. And mm-hmm. uh, this week, Meryl underwent psychotherapy to destroy her interest in men. Yeah, because obviously you can't have horny soldiers, that just wouldn't work at all. Yeah, that's exactly where we're up to this week. This is the week where you can't have horny soldiers. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm very excited about this because we've had odd things, but I think this is the first week when uh, Kojima's done a bad... I think he's made a boo-boo. You think he's made a little mistake? I mean, I don't know if I'm a mistake. I don't know if I'm necessarily uh, poised to write it off as a mistake, but uh, he's certainly done something that was not fun. <laughs> right, okay, so it wasn't quite as interesting as uh, the horny ninja fight that, you know, wasn't traditional. No, exactly, which kind of makes me sad, because last week, I was actually... There was a weird moment when it seemed like I was really fucking going to love Metal Gear Solid. Like, <laughs> oh my god, last year... I was so pumped on the last episode. Oh, man. Um, and, like, specifically about the way that Kojima was handling, like, sexuality and... Mm-hmm. relationship uh, I was like really hyped up I was comparing it to my absolute fave James Joyce and um, yep. and this week Meryl went psychotherapy to destroy her interest in men yeah and just men which is interesting but I'm sure we'll get onto that huh but yes anyway um, so we should probably go through it chronologically uh, I think we left it uh, where did we leave it oh uh, yeah, obviously the ninja fight that we were talking about um, so we were on our way to uh, meet up with Meryl yeah. Or last herself. To hop in an elevator. Okay. Uh, how did you um? Well. Yeah. How did you go about trying to find her? Because I, I know you had a phone number, but I mean, like, how how specifically did you find her? See, uh, this is interesting because uh, mm-hmm. I've been given a hint that yeah. Meryl's particular wiggle was going to be important in tracking her down, mm-hmm. and people are like really into Meryl's unique kind of Meryl's wiggle is is 
kind of hyped up to be as unique to her as like zebra stripes are to zebras and fingerprints are to us. Yeah, there's literally um, no other organism on Earth that walks even remotely like that. Yeah, like it seems to be in that kind of first chunk of gameplay that you're not actually allowed to bring up Meryl without bringing up her wiggle. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of went in, I got in the elevator, hopped down, there's a couple of guards about, and I was like, this is the wiggle bit, I'm going to look for the wiggle. But uh, what I actually discovered is waiting under a desk for a wiggly ass to walk by is actually quite a long and boring process. Doesn't always go the way you right. want it to. Um, yeah, I, I I can actually tell you that from first-hand experience. However, standing up and making a big show of yourself and making yourself really obvious really makes Meryl, mm. like, make herself known very, very quickly. If you just... <laughs> yeah alert her to your presence she will immediately be like oh i'm meryl i'm gonna go run into the women's bathroom now and that's actually a lot easier and a lot faster i found right so you you, you so you didn't uh scope out any of these guards asses or nor did you wait to hear if one of them had like a particular weird walk wait so is there a conversation that happens is there dialogue there's not a conversation that happens but uh she heard the, the sound effect she makes when walking is different than the other guards that's another way you can work it out well, no, I didn't. It's uh, that. it's hard to describe it. I'm not an audio engineer, but uh, I I wouldn't personally know if 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 Hideo Kojima came to me and said, "Okay, I need you to make a walking sound effect," but it's like if this person had like a really amazing ass, what it would sound like. Right. And what they seem to come up with is just sort of like a scrunchy kind of squish noise, <laughs> like a um, like a bag of popcorn kind of what in the cellophane see i was thinking like autumn leaves where the top ones are crunchy but the bottom ones are closer to the mud and they're kind of squelchy <laughs> yeah i think that's actually probably how he did it like he probably went out and like proper did like some like foley work with it it was like blowout he was out there with, like a microphone and and you know in the, the wild just trying to be inspired by nature just like what exactly would that sound like he could have made planet earth too but instead he made Mel Gear solid mm-hmm <laughs> So, um, you managed to get your to the bathroom anyway. Yeah, yeah. One way or another, uh, I got Meryl alone in the ladies' bathroom and I quickly followed her through. And we had a little heart-to-heart. Well, first, she completely undresses in a matter of no. seconds. Well, we, we've established that's one of her many, yeah. many abilities. Yeah. Is there a name for people that have those routines where they do really quick changes? Like, sometimes you see them at circus and stuff. I'm, I'm not sure if it's, like, a technical... Is it just getting changed very quickly? I don't <laughs> think then... there's, like, I don't think there's like a, an industry secret password for that. I think it's, like, a concise enough idea that you don't really need yeah. it, like a, 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 Well, it's a not, like, it. a clown or a strongman, then, where they actually kind of have a... Perfect, like, something that would fit on a business card really neatly. But anyway, mm. I think that if soldiering doesn't know. work out, Meryl probably has a little sideline going in that. From what I've gathered. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, that's perfect because uh, she might not be soldier material. She might not be that good at soldiering. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but when I first met her in the bathroom, she was very keen on the old soldiering from Anna, mm. and she'd been through a lot to get to a point where she felt confident as a soldier, um, yeah. including undergoing psychotherapy to destroy her interest in men, which I keep repeating as if it's like the strangest do you want to get into it just just now do you want to get into the meat of it it seems like a very very odd concept but at the same time it's not Mm -hmm. really that familiar unfamiliar undergoing psychotherapy to destroy your interest in men i think that is actually quite a common process and i think that we actually have a word a phrase for that now i think it's called joining twitter (laughs) that was a close one i nearly preempted your joke there i do apologize (laughs) I, I could feel you going for it and I was like fuck gotta get this out really quickly 
we, we both saw the destination <laughs> and uh, became a race. That was down to the line. I could actually hear, you know, the music from Countdown. No, not Countdown, the other one. <laughs> no, it's Countdown, isn't it? The clock. Yes, the clock, yeah. Mm. Why would that be what Countdown? Well, countdown. Of course that's the one with the clock. Well, yeah, but I was thinking, Countdown, that's numbers. No, Countdown's about letters. It can't be called Countdown. <laughs> any sleep last night <laughs> right. but I'll tell you what I did get uh, what I did do is I went into a dark room and I laid right. down for an hour and a half exactly mm-hmm. and then after an hour and a half my alarm went off but that was the first okay. alarm I set I actually didn't have to be up until half an hour later so I could continue lying down in the dark room for a little bit um, for half an hour but actually I couldn't get through the whole half an hour because I was like this is awful, I wish I was asleep right now, and if I can't be asleep, I'd rather just be up. So I waited about 15 more minutes, and then I had a shower. And that was my um, sleep replacement, which right, is... Okay. Was, that, was that as good as sleep? <laughs> it's. A, I wouldn't recommend it to a friend. Um, okay. It's a sleep replacement in the same sense that a sort of acrid, sludgy, green drink is a meal replacement. Um, which is not really at all. Right. But, uh, okay, so that's why you're I trying to like, avoid that in future from now on. Yeah, that's why I couldn't remember what the show Countdown was. <laughs> right, okay. Is, that's understandable. Long... I mean, when you, when you lay down in an abyss for like an hour and a half, the very first thing that goes is quiz shows. Absolutely, so that's yeah. That's, that is absolutely um, non-essential information. Uh, I'm really right. functioning on the minimal... like. Whatever happens to phones when you put them on low power mode, that's what's happening to my body right now. So, like, sometimes, like, the keyboard will, like, stay on the screen <laughs> even though you've, like, backed out of it. <laughs> or, like, it'll take a bit longer to open Twitter. Or, like, an, an image will just, like, stay unopened for a bit. Yeah. That, that's what's going on inside my body today. So. That's fine. I mean, you seem to be doing all right so far. Yeah, see how this low power mode podcast goes. Yeah. Anyway, um, Meryl's um, programming. Yeah. Um, Rewiring? Yeah, I like conditioning, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly I mean, what went down. She's pretty sketchy on the details, and I don't blame the poor love. Um, yeah. I mean, it could just be as simple as them just, like, holding up pictures of attractive men, and then just, like, shocking throwing a bucket. Her, yeah. yeah, it's just like, like no, her every single no. time she looks at one. Yeah, bad, bad, nasty, horny men. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is is that she then has a mini little rant about like gene therapy and she talks about Mm -hmm. how in the good old days there was no gene therapy um yeah and soldiers were just soldiers and they didn't need gene therapy which is kind of weird considering that she's undergone her own form of fucked up therapy to alter her performance presumably yeah but also it kind of makes her sound like a really cranky old angry bloke from like a talk radio station talking about how like millennials and their selfies like are threatening the integrity of mankind (laughs) yeah where gene therapy is apparently basically the same as like selfies or hashtags or whatever the hell old angry people think is yeah all these kids these days trying to open up their heads and stop being horny but back in my day soldiers were as horny as they wanted to be and they still fucking managed to kill hitler exactly that's exactly the little bathroom meltdown that she has and to be fair who hasn't had a little 
a little Birth horny soldiers can't kill Hitler meltdown in a bathroom. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I think we've all been there. <laughs> I think we've all had those days. So I can't blame her too much. Um, but she's also really fucking snarky in that scene for someone whose tattoo is drawn on. Oh yeah, she has like a, a little faint, uh, like a, a transfer and it comes like a kid's like book. One of those ones that you get out of a vending machine where you put a 20p in and you have to yeah, like, yeah. twist it for ages. And then a random tattoo pops out and it's never the cool one that you want. Where does she get? Because it's, it's like an official Foxhound one. So like... <laughs> Do Fox and like HQ have like little vending machines, or do they have like a newsletter that like like a fan club and says like yeah. next month it's going to be a bag you know transfer <laughs> tattoo? I like to think it was one of those like um, machines where you get a random one and it's like it's literally never the cool one that you want and like there was something like a One Direction one that she really fucking wanted and it just came out as like oh, fucking Fox out, but she'd already used up her twenty five p, so I have to stick with it. There's a, there's a remarkable amount of very very odd things that happen in that bathroom scene in like a very brief amount of time yeah it's true actually um it's it's, it's like really a, bizarre I, I, I quite like snake's thing about now you better take some time here to wash your face <laughs> before they leave yeah and then while she's doing that that's when she's like looking in the mirror and she has this other little um moment where she talks about how she she doesn't use makeup like yeah she's girls. extremely anti-makeup um, for some reason which is really weird and that's the moment I think that was the moment for me where it becomes really fucking obvious that this character was written by a bloke that like kind of I don't wear makeup or look at mirrors like the other girls but I do have a gigantic wiggling arse and rock hard nipples (laughs) like the other girls oh yeah she's more comfortable with a desert eagle than a bra what a fucking line yeah now it's definitely it's incredible um but there is that moment where she, where it seems like you're going to upgrade your gun by swapping it with her. And that's when she does the whole, like, Desert Eagle line, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Where Snake's trying to convince her, like, no, you don't want the good gun. You want my little piss baby gun instead. Yeah, because he's feeling a bit emasculated because she whips out this massive fucking gun. And he's got this pissy little thing. Exactly. And it's a really strange moment because it feels like it is, oh, this is where you upgrade your weapon. But it feels like... The game is like justifying you upgrading your weapon narratively by like having Snake bully and belittle Meryl into giving you her really good gun in exchange for your really crappy little piss baby gun. Um, but then suddenly Meryl's like, uh, how about no? How about fuck off? How about I keep my nice gun? The one I found? The one that I'm Probably apparently snake. more ca- capable of using than a bra? Which is also great because that's more narrative justification, but that time it's narrative justification for why her nipples are always so rock hard. Exactly. Because she had to choose between being really good at guns or mm-hmm. being able to wear bras. Yeah, and it's the middle of fucking Alaska. <laughs> that too. I mean, at that point, you start to wish that actually you were more comfortable with a bra than with weaponry. Yeah, although, I mean, the thing is, though... <laughs> Literally, well, not 15, like an hour beforehand, like the very first time you meet her, um, when, you know, we find out that she has the uh, the eyes and the arse of a rookie, mm-hmm. and uh, she can't even use a gun at all? <laughs> but no, actually, it turns out she's amazing at using a gun. She's actually, what she's a rookie at is using a bra. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like we all, again, we've all had that moment where we have a little breakdown in the toilets, and we all have that mm-hmm. moment in our lives where we think now I'm okay at wearing a bra I'm alright at it 
but yeah. you know I'm really quite great at guns and you know I'm at a junction in my life where I should really be kind of consolidating my skills and focusing on my strengths and kind of building building those skills more so it's like a binary choice she's like come to a fork in the road where it's like one path is bras and the other path is guns right, and never yeah. the twain shall meet it's like a skill tree that all women have yeah like it can only be one or the other you can't like Absolutely. there's no like cross class every single kind of woman abilities. you met that was wearing a bra at mm. some point in her life she chose it she was like you know what I'm not too fussed about guns I, I like not having a really achy back all the time that's going to be my superpower instead um so the bathroom I think uh is there anything else we missed in the bathroom she looks in the mirror she doesn't wear makeup she's really good at guns she's really bad yeah. at bras do you want to talk about do you want to talk about Snake and Snake's whole thing about uh only feeling alive when he's on the battlefield I mean is it is it related to Snake not being horny are him and Meryl just both they horny for are. fighting but not horny for anything else um we can get into Snake's thing later on probably that could be an episode in itself actually we could just do a Snake's sexuality special that could be quite fun like a season capper sounds good sounds good right okay so um yeah leaving the bathroom I think we had the uh straight up we're into the boss fight that I think yep. you've probably heard about before playing the game I, the only thing that I'd heard about was the fact that he does that little party trick with the controller mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was I'm really looking forward to hearing what this experience was like for you because so much of it is kind of dependent on it being on a PlayStation. And mm, my understanding yeah. is that you're not playing on a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, basically, nothing fucking works how it should and nothing's <laughs> as impressive as it. So it kind of, um, it starts, that feeling of a uh, anti-climax kind of starts with the Joy-Con thing uh, failing. Sorry, the, the rumble right. pack trick. Um, the Joy-Con. I don't know why I said that I had it in my head from earlier. <laughs> Sorry. I'm really tired. Um, the Rumble Pack is what I meant to say. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, the, it didn't work because it, I'm using a uh, emulator. Right. And so he makes this big speech about how like he's going to really fucking blow my mind. And mm. he's like, now put your controller on the ground. And I was like, okay well, I did it I don't really know why I did it because he was just so convincing and I kind of felt bad for the bloke yeah. so you wanted to give like, him like a fair shot yeah exactly I was like maybe by magic this is about to move mm-hmm. across my floor so I put it down and surprise surprise nothing happened at all um, and he's like totally celebrating like oh, I bet now you're fucking amazed by my abilities uh, why did you ever doubt me and I just sort of in my head went along with it. Like, in my head, I almost, like, convinced myself that the controller had moved. Because right, like, you, you, was... you didn't want to hurt this enthusiastic guy's feelings. He was like, ah, I'm a magic psychic man. Ah, it's telekinesis. Yeah. Ah. And you're like, oh, yeah, sure, mate, the controller moved. That, that's really good. Exactly. I felt that's super really bad when his big set piece didn't work out. So, I, and I've, I, how, again, how many times have you been that guy where you want to show someone something really cool and it just doesn't, work like what it really reminded me of is like you know when you're showing someone like a youtube video or a song and you're like wait for this bit wait for this bit and it like never <laughs> happens yeah like, and then you you're it. breaking your shit laughing and they're just completely stony faced like oh yeah that's great it never yeah exactly it never hits them and you're also watching like mm, well that didn't do it but but just wait just wait it gets better it gets better and you're like intently watching their face waiting for the moment where you fucking just blow their inside. mind <laughs> and 
and eventually you just have to give up and close the tab and like continue living your life <laughs> never speaking to each other ever again removing yourself from each, each other's lives permanently exactly um, so the other interesting of, thing is because sorry yeah well I just you pretended got... to be amazed like um, okay. I felt I also kind of felt like a mum whose kid is making them like sit through like a little show that they wrote themselves and like and it's this little play that the kids come up with and it's like it's not exactly mm-hmm. Beckett but you just go along like they're going to be the next like Oscar winner like well done honey that's, that's how oh, I that's felt brilliant. or like uh, when their granddad gets them like a, a book of tricks and it's just like oh I can't wait to look at you learn those and make me sit down in the front room for 30 minutes and look at them that's going to be great exactly and you can't you're obligated at that much at that point you've invested I mean I feel like I've invested a lot of time and energy and resources into this game and with relatives Mm. again it just feels like you've invested too much in them too much in that in that relationship to just not be impressed by whatever daft shit they want to show you at any particular moment so that's why he seems like a nice well not a nice guy but he seems like a a, a kind of guy maybe some self esteem problems (laughs) right the, uh, the other thing is I mean uh, I know that you haven't been able to save normally um, because no. of the whole emulator thing did he even attempt to read your memory card no he didn't but I did um, oh. I looked up clips of him doing that for other people and it was fantastic I'm really glad that I missed out on that bit because I was absolutely creasing when I watched clips yeah, it, was a hell, it, it was a hell of a thing <laughs> it was really fucking funny because um he, yeah, he reads the memory card and he sort of he uses this information from your memory card to behave like a really mean Twitter troll. Like, <laughs> which isn't that becoming of the world's sort of foremost psycho man to yeah. suddenly just be like, hmm, I see you like adventure games. <laughs> Do you like that, Zelda? It's just awful. Um, yes, the one that like, I was... The world's most powerful psychic, and he can just kind of like tell vaguely what kind of genres of video games you're into. It's like, oh yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, I'm shook, mate. And the, the one that I was uh, watching was a GameCube one, so they were like these kind of like Nintendo games, uh, which didn't really fit the mood of the scene at all. Um, <laughs> it's just sort of like... Yeah, you enjoy that Animal Crossing. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so I really missed out on that. Uh, um, they really missed a trick. I mean, you know, Kojima being from the future and everything, you think he, he would have like thrown some kind of magical code in there that when emulators were eventually created, it would pick up on that. So go, yeah. ah, I see you're in the year 2017. <laughs> it just That'd goes through my good. documents and like reads all of like the pictures for articles that I've written that got rejected and just bullies me for it. Ah, I, I see you enjoy Boys Before Flowers. <laughs> just goes through my tweets and reads all of the ones that no one favorited. Oh, that'd be amazing. Can we assume that Death Stranding that Death Stranding is gonna have some kind of app that you can download that will like destroy your social life? Just we, Mad Smithson, like makes fun of how you don't have as many followers as he does or as many fan accounts as he does speaking of uh mads mickelson there's a really funny um bit where psychomantis reveals his backstory and it's absolutely wild mm-hmm. and not only is oh it yeah it's wild harrowing. but it's also parts of it anyway are more or less the plot of hannibal like 
if Hugh Dancy <laughs> then yeah, you're actually kind of right. if he then became like a globe trotting psychic spy mm-hmm. which would also be a really fucking good game it's just Hannibal That's except Hugh Dancy becomes a globe trotting spy it would basically be this game but yeah. you're playing the psycho mantis and there would definitely be more dogs because it's Hugh Dancy from Hannibal yeah I, I still can't quite go uh, uh, over the concept of this of a show existing where you dancey literally just lives in a house full of dogs and you didn't watch it for like years i know i didn't know what i was missing years and you dancey and dogs in a house full of dogs i didn't even know you dancey was in it until like literally a couple of weeks before i started it's watching just, it it's just nobody told me understand. It's, it's been fascinating watching your uh, relationship grow with uh, mads himself going from just constant just insults and descriptions of his like visage and appearance like incredibly vivid like descriptions of his face and like his general vibe mm-hmm. and then is it from a place well, of love or genuine disgust i i i still I, can't quite work it out i don't know anymore i'm lost in the labyrinth that i've built myself in terms of mads mickelson related twitter content but um another like hannibal related thing that I find funny about this game is so um, you've got Psycho Mantis right who says that he used to be like he used to work for the police doing like psychological profiling mm-hmm. essentially well it's not quite yeah. psychological profiling it's sort of psychic profiling as well it's like kind of, uh, psychic detectives yeah yeah he's kind of like a psychic detective exactly um, yeah. but he like kind of goes into the killer's minds and kind of gets fucked up by it or something like that which is again yeah. kind of the plot of Hannibal um, so far <laughs> But, it also sounds like a particularly shit David Cage game. <laughs> it does. Um, but what I find really great about that is that, yeah, they share very similar narrative beats, both Hannibal and Psycho Mantis' backstory, and yet Psycho Mantis mm-hmm. is actually a less suspicious name for somebody working on a homicide case to have than Hannibal. Right. Like, if I turned up as a detective, day one, they're like, shit, we've got this really bad cannibal case, and, you know, we've got mm-hmm. we've got a psychologist and a psychic who are going to work with you to solve this cannibal case. And I'd be like, hey, great, nice to meet you, really hope you catch the cannibal, what's your name? Oh, Psychomantis? Oh, cool, cool, great. Uh, and you, Hannibal... All right, case closed. We're done. We're done here. Yeah, it's like, no, no, yeah, yeah. We're, no, no, no. We're we're investigating a cannibal. What's your name? <laughs> Hannibal. Like, no, I sorry. think you're confused. That was a word association, and if it was word association, mm. you were supposed to say another word and not just rhyme with the word that I said. Yeah. What's your name, mate? <laughs> Go. On, try again. You got it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. I guess it's. Is this well? Uh, I was about to say this is the first time Metal Gear got particularly weird, but um, this is the first legitimate like Magic Man kind of. Hmm. I guess so because the other I mean, one's a cyborg. And he's I guess it's more of a science. Yeah, I guess yeah. It's, it's more of like a, a sci-fi so bent, and that it's not. He's just. A, he's not a magic man. He's like you know a psychic, telekinetic man. Yeah, which is totally different. Yeah. Um, functionally pretty similar, but mm-hmm. narratively. Very um, how did you uh, change controller ports in the in? Uh, that was fun. That was a fun little going into the menu system of my <laughs> of my emulator and changing tabs basically a couple of times. <laughs> right, so it wasn't quite as exciting as actually having to like, like get phys- out of No, you didn't like get like the physicality of yeah, which I think again would be That's really exciting. I missed out on a lot of cool stuff, um, which is a yeah, shame. no, it was. It's there's not many games that like actually depend on like using actually playing it on the system it's built for mm. for like a certain part of the experience. Yeah, yeah, actually, um, but there was still plenty of. Um, 
weird content for me to enjoy it, such as having to like repeatedly choke out Meryl during that scene. Yeah. Which kind of like very quickly went from slightly uncomfortable to just incredibly yucky by the end. It's the it's the sounds, mate. Yeah. The, uh... It's so bad. Yeah, it's quite bad. It's pretty bad. So, uh, um, he's also so, in the rating scheme. So it doesn't quite come to the heights of uh, the horny ninja fight. Then for you, it was pretty interesting. There was a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. Psychomantis was constantly surprised by my valorous ability to just repeatedly punch a girl in the gut. <laughs> Literally every time it happened, he'd be like, "Oh, whoa! You you beat that woman I set on you again! Wow!" And he just keeps doing it, and you just—it's like he's, he's really surprised by it. It's like I really didn't think—I really didn't think you were actually going to puncture me. That's pretty yeah. fucked. He's just—I like, thought well, you were just going to give up. And every time he's like, "Well, I thought that time she was going to get you. <laughs> the third time, I really thought Meryl had a chance, but no, there you go—you choked her out again. Fantastic. And then after the fight, Meryl's dad's on the phone with you, and before mm-hmm. even checking that she's okay after all of that. He just takes some time out of his day to explain that the man who just beat her unconscious several times is actually a good guy deep down. Well, I mean, he was just that was his job, right? Is the only way through the boss fight? It's not like he wanted to punch Meryl repeatedly in the stomach. I'm pretty sure Snake doesn't like think that think about that sort of thing all the time. <laughs> it might be the only thing that he's left able to think about, but um yeah, it was just very strange. I mean, if I was Meryl's dad, I feel like I would maybe want my daughter on the phone and to just see that she's she's alright and kind of, you know, that's a really traumatic thing to go to, through. I think I would want to sort of talk to her for a bit and like before I talk to some some snake guy. Definitely maybe prioritise speaking to her like over the guy who just beat her senseless. Yeah, like we get... It's like, oh, sorry, I, I'm really sorry that you had to beat her up like, are you okay it's not asking her <laughs> yeah. if she's okay are you okay with having to beat her up she's like yeah <laughs> like, I'm fine it was a bit really... rough there but I think I'll be okay it's a really weird um, conversation uh, but Psychomantis does a lot of fucked up shit in that scene he mm. he like sort of humble brags about how much fucked up shit he has done in the past um, yeah. where he's like oh yes I'm a bad man I'm awful I did all of these really cool awful things in the past um but he still makes this like really dramatic kind of offhand comment about how snake is worse than him yeah and it's it's like just this kind of it almost was like this throwaway line where kojima just thought like oh, you know what we could just have him say yes but you're worse than me after he tells you all this fucked up stuff that he's done and like you've just heard him say all this fucked up stuff that he's done and yeah you punched all in the gut a few times and like You've had to knock out a few guards and do all these kinds of things. But it's yeah. still really obviously like, no. No, no, I'm <laughs> yeah. not worse than you. Like, yeah, I mean, Psychomatis didn't even like l- live in Alaska and just like race dogs for a few years. No. I mean, how, how bad can Snake be? Yeah. Oh, it's a really good bit where he brings up his uh, dog racing and refers to himself as a musher. I didn't know that was <laughs> yeah. the actual term, but that's how that. oh, I'm amazed you didn't know that. That that people that are into dog racing call themselves mushers. I knew about yeah, that. I, mean, I knew what mush is, but yeah, I an actual musher that. as a profession. A oh, was that actually the profession? I thought it was like a kind of, I don't know, like a term of endearment for like between. Oh, I think it's technically what you actually, actually call them. Okay. <clears throat> uh, do you know what you call uh, a group of them when they're, they're getting together to exchange tips? Oh, I'd love to know. A mush pit. 
Anyway, this has been Metal Gear Guff. Three episodes, <laughs> I think, is pretty good. We can wrap it up there. Uh, I've been Sean Casey. Uh, it's been good. <sighs> Fucking hell. But yeah, no, that is that is actually what that's called. Musher, the driver of a dog sled. <clears throat> Fantastic. Right. Um, and speaking of dogs, Snake's yep. actually really shit with them, it turns out. Yeah, well, I don't think being able to race dogs means that you can just walk into a cave full of angry, vicious, <laughs> hungry dogs and like not just be ravaged by them. Yeah, which are technically wolf dogs, half wolf, half mm-hmm. husky, he explains. Yeah. Just before he tells us that he is a musher. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think really you should warn me before you're going to send me into a bit of a game that is just walking through a cave punching dogs. I mean, <clears throat> they're okay though. I mean, they just run away. Okay, don't they? yeah, yeah. It's really like I'm trying to remember. Like thing. they don't actually like, like fall over, like flash and, and disappear. Yeah. No, no, they always get back up if you leave them long enough. Yeah. I mean, that's kind but of yeah, how you have to train dogs. I mean, if a dog's biting you, I mean, you got to give it a little, a little gentle tap. I feel like I'm getting some really dark insight into your relationship with Doug the dog now. <laughs> no, I've never done that. I've just bopped his nose sometimes. <laughs> You didn't like in a cute way, not run not like with a, a shoe when he's done something bad. Punch him to the ground. Jesus, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, and then you get out the other side, and it turns out that you're shit at dogs, but Meryl is yeah. excellent at dogs. No problem whatsoever. She just walked through a bunch of wolves, no problem. Yeah, that's not a skill that you have to sacrifice to be good at guns. You can be good at guns and dogs. You just can't be good at guns and bras. Yeah, I think that's like two separate branches of like the same tree. So right. it's like what I'm not sure like what the thing that you have to uh, abandon to be good at dogs. Not having a wiggly sounding walk. You are gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send you the YouTube clip just so you can try and wrap your head around this concept. But that's how I did it. What I do is I there's, there's like a waist high box that you can like hide behind. And all the guards walk past, and you just wait for the one to walk past with the noisiest, like, walking sound. <laughs> and then you just, like, pop up, and she's like, oh, it's you. And then she it runs the bathroom. It sounds like many things, but it definitely doesn't sound sexy. <clears throat> right, so Cave of Dogs, you managed to get through that. Cave of Dogs, yep, got through that. And then some stuff goes down. Some yeah. quite unfortunate stuff. Oh, that's a shame. You're right. Ah, there was a, a lady waiting for us um, yeah. and she's up to no good and she has she is a lady with cruel intentions and shit yeah so I've basically left Meryl in quite a distressing situation this week uh, which we have to promptly mm-hmm. get back to but basically Meryl is not as good at being a soldier as she hoped to be <laughs> Although, that being said, basically what happens is that you walk into a trap and Meryl falls victim very quickly to this trap. There's a sniper. I can't remember her name now, but it's definitely... You can't remember the sniper's name? No, it's definitely got a sniper in it or snipe. I mean, that's kind kind of why I'm surprised because... Can I just, like, like, pick a Literally her first name. Yeah, go on. Sniper Wolf. There you go. Is that it? Fantastic. I just guessed because of the cave... But, yeah, exactly. Wolves. It just, actually, the whole kind of next bit of the game is actually very wolf heavy, like thematically and like literally. Fantastic. That sounds ace. But um, yeah. so yeah, basically, wolf. there's a a very nice speech about the difference between dogs and wolves coming up. It's going to be very touching. Fab. But once I've got uh, Meryl's bleeding under control. Yeah. I, guess I mean, I'm sure she'll be, all, be. I'm sure she'll be all right until episode yeah. four, however long it takes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, right. I mean, Sniper so Wolf I... is waiting for us, but she's not waiting with, like, 
sandwiches and refreshments. Uh, she's waiting with a very nasty plan to right. hurt Meryl and then hurt you, which is pretty bad. And yeah. Meryl has this whole thing. Basically, Meryl just gets shot down straight away. And she's all like, she's using me as bait. Don't come out, snake. Um, and she's bleeding a lot. Which isn't good and then she's all like I'm not as good a soldier as I wanted to be and it's very emotional but also Snake definitely didn't see that coming as well like I feel like if she'd have wanted to shoot Snake then Sniper Wolf mm-hmm. could have just shot Snake because yeah. they both walked into the trap at the same time they were both pretty clueless about <laughs> yeah. it just... what, what I'll do is I'll shoot this one and then like lure the other one out <laughs> yeah. but it's like you, you could just you. shoot the guy you want to shoot straight away <laughs> and then avoid that whole bit it's a thought, isn't it? It's a thought. Yeah. But for some it's like, reason... It's like, it's like a 60s Batman like, villain with like a whole middle bit that makes no sense just to get to the end bit, which is like a dead Batman. It's like, mm. just get straight to the dead Batman. Don't fuck about with like a conveyor belt or like a pool of acid. Just yeah. fucking just kill Batman. Just kill Snake, it's fine. In this case, she was just up there like, I mean, I could just shoot Snake or I could set up a fun little mini-game. <laughs> this oh. is the... um, The next part of the game is... Mm, I think one of the m- major complaints Metal Gear Solid 1 gets uh, it, it, the second half is like very backtracky heavy oh, okay. so, so there's going to be a mind. lot of backtracking coming up I'm trying to think where we'll get to next time I've actually, I, I found out this time that despite playing this game roughly once a year maybe uh, I actually my memory gets really foggy after Psycho Madness I can remember everything that happens I just can't remember the actual order of it so I'll try to, I'll try to figure out like a good chunk <laughs> For the next episode. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I feel so like I could now, say helicopter, but it's probably a lot more than that. I feel like you say helicopter to me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Quite often when I ask about where I'm supposed to be going or what's coming up, well, it's what just, to expect. It's the next major thing features. I remember. You seem to be very excited about the helicopter. I'm looking forward to the helicopter. Um, it is. It's a. Since you fight a helicopter, mate. <laughs> I mean, I fought a tank, really so I can definitely fight yeah. a helicopter. Um, anyway, um, there's a problem. For uh, well, I think that's. Is there anything else you want to speak about in terms of the actual meat of Metal Gear Solid you played uh, this time? I think I've covered Hannibal, you know? uh, Hannibal comparison. Yeah. I think. No, is there any it's brilliant jokes sure. that you like missed out on that you forgot to? I wish I'd with? written some brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! I could only dream that I had a surplus of brilliant jokes at the end of every episode. <laughs> Just in case we need like a few like you know four or five minutes filled. I just, just like you know, crack out I, a few excellent jokes. When I write something really really good, what I like to do is not read it out ever on the show. I just mm-hmm. like to leave it unsaid. Just All of my really good content. Um, so no, uh, the only other thing that I have are my Dickensian names for this. Oh, of course, little chunk. And so yeah. yeah, every week or every episode, the I've been coming up with Dickensian alternatives to the names of characters that I meet. And yep. this week there's only really been two new characters. Actually, I guess I could do Sniper Wolf, but I haven't prepared one, so I'd have to add a little bit. And I don't really know much about Sniper Wolf right now. Um, yeah, you, you might want to leave it until you can get more of an idea of a vibe. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so what I have instead is Psychomantis, who mm. I've decided to rename Sir Casper Shallowrib. <laughs> That's fucking really good. He's got really weird ribs. Yeah, I kind of like them. We don't really need to get into that, but, uh, but that, yeah, that, that's a good name. That was father went through. Uh, and then Meryl, she uh, features yeah. pretty prominently in this, this little segment. I don't think I've done a name yeah. for her yet. 
So right. based on what we found out about her and her character and her kind of defining characteristics, I went mm. with a really um kind of nuanced, holistic portrait, really, of her whole persona and uh, mm. story in sort of first name, second name form. Right uh, I went for Chastity Chase Noggin. <laughs> That's another winner. Those are two. Those are two absolute fucking crackers. I mean, I thought of Chase Noggin, and I decided mm-hmm. that I really wanted some alliteration. And I was like, "What's the girl's name that begins with like C H?" And I'm I remember right that Chastity is also a girl's name. I was like, "I can just have that twice. Why not?" There's no rule that says that I can't. Chastity. I mean, it's your Noggin. entire segment. You make the rules for that segment. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Now the problem here is um, Kojima's been a bit shy lately, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. It is a, a real shy problem. Um, either that, or just Ayako's decided to just like carve it down on the uh, Kojima Maybe they've coverage. fallen out. I really hope they haven't fallen out. I, really hope they haven't. I mean, there's been a decent amount of Kojima-related coverage. Uh, she's been posting mm-hmm. like really thirsty pictures of Norman Reedus. <laughs> like, really thirsty. Like this. <laughs> I thought, we didn't discuss the fact that we could talk about this photo or this photo set. But we could definitely talk about this photo set. Um, what I'm I mean, referring to in particular here is a set of two photos that Ayako retweeted of Norman Reedus. Um, I have never really seen anything... I've never seen this side of Norman Reedus. I've, I've not seen many sides of Nor- Norman Reedus, to be fair. I saw one side of him in the Death Stranding trailer, and that was quite enough. Um, but in this photo set, Norman Reedus is shirtless... Apart yep. from mm-hmm. what can only really be described as a leather waistcoat. Do you feel like we could talk about this? I think this could be a segment. We could talk about Norman Reedus. I mean, we're talking about it now, I guess. Um, okay, sure. Let's do it. I mean, if it's awful, we can cut it out. That's the uh, magic of post production. I don't have the image in front of me, so I'm kind of going from memory. But okay, I might look it up just so I've got yeah, something going. Yeah. I can vividly remember it. I, I kind of erased it because, to be honest, <laughs> I've definitely got. Norman very... Reedus doesn't really do much for me. <laughs> exactly. That's why this is so strange. I don't think he's particularly thought of as like a heartthrob celebrity. Although I could be wrong, you know. I didn't know that. It's one of these things where it's like there's so many celebrities like that that people just like, oh, holy shit! And I'm just like, eh. mm. yeah, yeah. But in this case, I really don't think that Norman Reedus is one of them. Um, I really he's suspect really that that we're right in thinking that there isn't much of a kind of public thirst for Norman Reedus. Yeah, it's not like but, uh, the Mr. Robot guy who everyone seems really into, but I think just looks like, <laughs> like a weird goldfish. No, that is someone that there is genuine thirst for, and again, I, I yeah, don't I'm quite very get. aware of that. Maybe if either of us really liked Mr. Robot, then maybe the rest would fall in place. Um, yeah. But, but uh, no, we couldn't do that because that, that, yeah, that, 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 that shows a garbage show for children. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's not even a robot in it. <laughs> no. Is he Mr. Robot? Well, no, my, actually, I looked into it once. I Wikipedia'd it to see if it was as, like, you know, shit as I imagined it was. <laughs> and uh, my understanding is that, one, there is no actual robot. And two, the guy who calls himself Mr. Robot isn't that guy that everybody thinks is really nice with the eyes. Oh, uh, okay. Because I think I got, like, three episodes into it. And I still don't know who who was the Mr. Robot. 
Right. Is that like is it is it like a Battlestar Galactica thing in which you don't know who the robot is <laughs> at the start, and then that's like the, the running mystery throughout like most of it is like figuring out who the robot is. It's like Gossip Girl. <laughs> exactly like Gossip Girl. That, that was a hell of a season finale. That was. Um, possibly there's it's it's possible that Mr. Robot is Gossip Girl for people that can stand to watch shows like Mr. Robot. It could well be. Um, but either way, I love your attempts to that... like be really <laughs> diplomatic about not liking a show in the nicest way know. possible. It does nothing for me, and F Society is a terrible name for a hacker group. Oh Jesus Christ! People watch that show on purpose. <laughs> people. Yeah, sorry, we're talking about. There are people we're talking that watch about that show, and they hear he goes, oh, "I'm going to go join a really cool hacker collective," and the audience goes. Yeah, yeah, that's nice, that's nice. And then he goes, here's the here's the cool hacker collective. And then the hacker collective goes, hi, we're F Society. And somehow <laughs> there's a huge, huge part of the TV watching public that goes, fucking hell, I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep watching this on purpose every week. Almost. You know what? There are people that walked past the posters that say our democracy has been hacked and they go, Sounds good. That sounds like that sounds like <laughs> a good TV show to watch in the year 2016 or 17 or whatever it is we're in now. Anyway, I'm I'm actually looking at this image of Norman Reedus now. If, Fantastic. If you okay. Um, can I see how much of my recollection is correct? Oh, so you kind of want to go in? You kind of want to go into this blind, like your idea yeah, of Norman Reedus, just, not necessarily what it was. Okay. I kind of want you to confirm or deny the things that I believe to be true about this image. Okay. Um, okay. First of all, I believe that his pose is kind of like one of those harlequin romance novels where you've got like a really like a really beefcake guy kind mm-hmm. of vibe like s- super muscular arms kind of like um who was the fucking the guy from the tank bit in metal gear solid uh raven black raven black uh <laughs> vulcan raven say his name <laughs> Vulcan Raven. Fantastic. That guy, um, who is like a beefcake character in the game. Basically, Mm. I feel like Norman Reedus was kind of playing off those vibes a little bit. Right. Um, And also, I think that he's got a very strange middle parting going on. Yeah. That might be uh, a general look that he has, but I definitely remember it specifically from this image. He's going for sort of like a pair of greasy curtains type thing. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more about the hair. Uh, more about the hair. Well, I mean, Greasy Curtains is right. It looks like he hasn't kind of really shampooed it for maybe a few days longer mm-hmm. than he could probably really get away with. Like, mm-hmm. let's say six or seven. Fuck me. That's, that's probably about four days longer than I would say is acceptable. Especially that length yeah. as well. Once your hair gets that length, oh, yeah, definitely, be, yeah. you've got to be on that every other day hair washing mm-hmm. hype. Um, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like he read about the whole like maybe he had a problem with like a dry scalp when he was younger, and he heard about the whole like oh you're not actually supposed to shampoo it every day, but then he just kind of he, he kind of he really he, took he, it to he didn't know exactly how far to take that. Or right, maybe it's like, you know those people mm. who do the like no shampoo thing like that's their thing yeah. they don't shampoo their hair, and it's supposed to be this thing like I've met people that don't do the shampoo thing and their hair is perfectly fine it doesn't look greasy. But I think mm. what happens is around like the first one two week mark, your hair gets really greasy, and you have to like power through it. And then after yeah, that, yeah, it's like uh, it's like 
getting a beard is like a, a point where you look like a scruffy human. <laughs> yeah, man, the really than, awkward and, kind of in between yeah. stage. Yeah, so maybe this photo, maybe he was going for that, and this photo shoot was just scheduled terribly right in the really <laughs> awkward region of going without shampoo. Yeah, he actually he looks almost like a Final Fantasy fifteen character in terms okay. of like having incredibly shiny mm-hmm. kind of anime hair. Mm. Oh, it actually looks really because it's it's at this like length and like angle where it just seems like it's like always going to be kind of like poking into his eyes like his mouth and it just looks like, it just looks very uncomfortable the thing is i'm just thinking now about him being in final fantasy 15 and how i don't think there'd be room for him in the car because isn't it a four-seater it's a four-seater but there is a few moments where there's there's like a, i think there's a middle seat in the back he might be a oh, bit too big for it because i was hoping he'd be kind of like the odd one out in the group and everyone would be like oh really awkward norman but Cars full, you're going to, have to get there's the a bus, bus in an hour. And a half. <laughs> yeah. He's always like an hour and a half behind the rest of the. Team. That could be because they've been talking about Final Fantasy 15 DLC. Maybe that's it. There's like an entire fifth boy that nobody knows about because he's just been trailing behind the good boys in like a bus and like trains trying to catch up with them, and they just keep moving just a little bit ahead of them because they don't really like him that much. Uh. That whole naked Norman Reedus Death Stranding trailer was actually a teaser for DLC for Death Stranding's DLC for Final Fantasy XV. And in that trailer, the joke is that the four other boys have played a prank and stolen all of his clothes. <laughs> they finally, he finally caught. They finally caught. I was like, "Oh, Norman, yeah, it's great to see you. Let's get totally fucking blutered in Altitia, mate." And they take him on like a night out, like thinking that, "Oh, they actually." I guess they do actually quite like me. And then he wakes up with no clothes on a beach. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah, he's on a beach right in that trailer. And so maybe they've pulled the really classic prank where they're like, we're all going to go skinny dipping, Norman, get your kit off. And he does it. <laughs> and he goes charging into the water. And they take the clothes up. and they get in the car and they fuck off on their adventure. And like midway into the like water, like maybe he's about waist deep in the ocean, Norman Reedus turns around butt naked and he goes, Oh, I forgot my friends are assholes. <laughs> and the credits roll. And you just paid fifteen pounds for that. <laughs> so she took about those clothes that the Final Fantasy boys have stolen from Norman Reedus, which are pictured in this picture. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So uh wipe clean Jack the Ripper would be mm-hmm. how I would describe the aesthetic from what I remember. Um, by which I I mean tight, 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 so tight leather waistcoat. Yep, that's two right. Knives. So far, two knives. Two like boning. Well, no, he's he's got like, two different looks here. In the in the knives picture, the basic. The, <laughs> I, I'm looking at the set that I'm looking at is two different Normans. There's, um, kind of uh, Mac from Always Sunny Norman, in which she like has like a really tight like black top with like a naked angel lady on it riding a dragon and he's like posing with these two knives with his greasy mop hair thinking he looks absolutely <laughs> shit up you know what I mean? now, he's like a 19 me, he's like I... a 19 year old MRA shit poster that's kind of what he looks like <laughs> I can imagine this guy like having a bio like my my, my character can't be described in this space I'm, I'm, I'm much too big for that um now, tell me, am I imagining this? Mm-hmm. Because it fits so perfectly with everything else that I've been right about so far. Um, but 
this might be my like imagination getting a bit too excited going a bit too okay. far right um tribal tattoo no barbed wire tattoo i mean i keep looking i'm zooming in this can't actually be correct but i oh, think oh, he oh. has his own name tattoo just above his left nipple <laughs> i think it's that's anna that's norman he has his own name tattooed on his chest is it in case he forgets? It can't be. It can't it's, be. I'll he send must you have it. like a dad called Norman or his son's a called Norman. A dad called Norman. No, his so son's he's Norman Reedus Jr. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you can't get your own name tattooed. It has to be family. There has to be another Norman in the Reedus family. It's no, but then even, even if there is, even if there is, right, mm. you're still getting your name tattooed on yourself because it's a general purpose. That's Names true. don't belong to one person. It's still your name. That's true, yeah. Like, if a family I, member I, also had my name and they, like, passed away and I wanted to, like, commemorate them with a tattoo or something, you, you just couldn't, could you? It, well, you'd have to think of something that wasn't the name anyway. Yeah. You'd have to think, like, oh, she really liked tulips, so I'll get a tulip. Yeah. That's the name. It's like, oh, I really want to commemorate my grandfather Norman, and he spent like a good like week and a half. He's like walking along beaches, like just like trying to like remember all the time he spent with his grandfather. The times his grandfather took him like knife shopping and like <laughs> telling him about like, how to look after his Norman hair. Reedus has a granddad called Norman, who is so boring that when he wanted to pay tribute to him with a tattoo, all he could bring himself to do was tattoo his name his first name was the most remarkable thing about this poor dead old man I didn't realise that I'm very sorry if you've tuned in to this podcast expecting to talk about America's Hod and we've just kind of been slagging off because I know a lot of you like Mr Robot and I know a lot of you like Norman Reedus and we've just kind of spent the last 15-20 minutes dragging them through the mud Oh, what a fifteen no. minutes though. Yeah. Anyway, I have sent you the image of this tattoo. If you if if, if you wish to interpret it for yourself. Fantastic. Let me have a little look. There you go. <laughs> I really zoomed in there. <laughs> I wanted to save you time. <laughs> it was just. Oh my god, the leather. I'm sorry. I was wondering where exactly this tattoo was positioned on his body because in mm. my head, in both pictures, the leather waistcoat was done up. But no, I'm oh, seeing no, no, now no, no. that the leather... You must have been seeing a completely has... different set. Or maybe you imagined it. Maybe I imagined it, exactly. My memory's not exactly uh, bulletproof. But yeah. that definitely does seem like it says Norman. It definitely starts with N-O and ends with A-N. It could be almost anything in the middle, though. Is there mm. anything else that it could be? What? Norton Finance, maybe. <laughs> maybe it may, maybe he has an advertising deal with. Now look closely. I think if you really try, mm-hmm. you can make it say "Knob Man." Why would you want to do that? <laughs> well, you I mean, it's better than if it says Norman. I mean, let's I guess be honest, because the character that has to be an R for this to say Norman can mm-hmm. also be read as a B. Yeah, you're right. God, I'm it staring so intently at this movie. right now. But you can make it do that if you want. Yeah, if, if you want. Um, okay, so I think we've kind of... Do you have anything else you want to talk about, uh, Norman Reedus's aesthetic here? <laughs> you know what? There is a lot that I want to talk about, but we'd be here all day, so I think we should just move on. Move on, okay. I mean, well, do you want to move on or do you want to wrap up? That's, uh, we'll wrap. That's, 
That's a question. Is there oh. anything else on your mind you want to get out? Christ, we are at about an hour already. Um, yeah, well, this is 15 else. minutes. I mean, we talked about, talk about the idea of doing phones. And if you still want to talk about phones, or if you want to leave that for another week. Yeah, leave that for another week. Just, uh, to just give us more time to um, look at more video game phones. Just in case, if there isn't a picture, an exciting picture of Kojima next week, yeah. and we have to fill time... And we've already said all there is to say about Norman Reedus and Mr. Robot. I do, I do want to, because there is always a possibility that he might hear this. You know, might get retweeted by one of our like bigger followers, and then <laughs> they tell ten of their friends, they tell a hundred of their friends, and somewhere down the line, Norman Reedus is like, "Oh, this podcast, I quite like Sword. My friend Kojima, he's <laughs> he's a nice man. I'll give this a listen." He gets through the first two. two I was like, "Oh man, this is the best podcast I've heard." And my rule is. If I listen to just the first three episodes of a podcast and every single one is brilliant and makes me feel really nice afterwards, I will recommend it. I will go to Jim himself and wait, mate, you got to listen to these two. You got to give them some money. You got to like, you got to let them play Death Stranding before anyone else. And then he gets two and a half episodes in. He's like, oh, I'm so ready. I'm so ready to make that phone call, guys. And then we just spend twenty minutes just talking about how he's got Knobman on his chest. <laughs> um, this little. The scenario that you've constructed mm. in which Norman Reedus yeah. listens to Metal Gear Guff episode three. And this yeah. is what it all hinges on, you know. There's a lot of other elements going on in that little tale, but the important <laughs> bit is that he listens to Metal Gear Guff episode three, he gets through mm. the whole thing, and he listens to the features and segments at the end of Metal Gear Guff yeah. episode three. This is oh, is that a thing you think, is that a thing um, you think people think sometimes? Do you think there's a portion of our audience, oh, they finished talking about Metal Gear now, and then they just switch off and go about their lives, and they don't listen to all the nice bits at the end of it? I mean, it's I possible. Not. Anything's possible. But, yeah. yeah, we have to assume that Norman Reedus is the kind of hardcore podcast fan that mm-hmm. listens to a podcast the whole way through. Yeah. And this scenario that you've concocted is maybe the most delusional I've ever heard you. <laughs> I mean that's I mean mm, that's a that that's some claim you've you, you've you've heard me get pretty delusional before but, <laughs> exactly but I mean as far as like delusions of grandeur go Norman Reedus listens to our podcast is it, a big a possibility one. and I'm just trying to say that wasn't my point my <laughs> point wasn't saying my point wasn't that that's definitely going to happen I mean if there's a very good chance it will that's almost exactly what's going to happen I'm just saying that if in some far flung uh, and I say far flung, I mean you know highly likely scenario in which this gets down to Norman Reedus. I want to make it clear to him that we were just having, if he's listened this far in the podcast, he will know now our general vibe and that anything that we say about a human being, it's, you know, we wouldn't be actually mean about a person. We're not like that. Oh, we're very nice people. We never spend lots of time DMing about like you know people being like shitheads or like idiots or something like that. And um, no. I just. I just I, I hate the idea of us upsetting him, and it's not just because that means that we will no longer get lots of money and like be the first people to play Death Stranding or anything like that. I just I, I just really worry about upsetting a, a nice, a, probably a very nice. I don't know him personally. He could be the worst man in the world. I mean, he plays with knives. What a fucking knobhead! But I mean, I'm sure he's a nice man deep down. That's all I wanted to say. Maybe that's what the tattoo says. Maybe it says "nice man." Nice man. There we go. That's exactly okay. That's canon. Everyone, Norman Reedus. But his love nipple has the word nice man because he is. He's a nice man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a tattoo artist code where they're not actually allowed to tattoo the word nice man on you unless they know for a fact that you're a nice man. 
Yeah, like I've, I'm ethics. actually waiting. I went in about five years ago for my nice man tattoo, and it's a. I think it's a decade that they have to like monitor you like very heavily. Mm. I actually have a tattoo artist like just sitting like three feet behind me at all times, just like making sure I'm being nice at all times. I'm amazed that he didn't tell you sooner that that's obviously the tattoo that Norman Reedus has as well. Well, I think they're sworn to like. I don't think they want to intrude on your life because obviously it, it's to monitor if you're a nice man when you're not being okay. observed. So obviously, you know, you can pretend to be nice as much as you want, but if you're in private being a complete sack of shit, then it wouldn't quite work. See, now I'm worried, because you think now that the this kind of um, tattoo artist union mm-hmm. have uh, the inner circle, have heard us misread Norman, ta- Norman Reedus' tattoo as Nobman <laughs> and not question it instantly. Do you think that's one of the like criteria they have where they sort of rescind your tattoo? And they sort of send you in for like laser removal or something because it's like that sounds we a bit too like to see it for and kind of like immediately <laughs> we should be able to immediately say nice man obviously nice man. So you think that not only have we just upset Norman Reedus, we've kind of assured that one of the tattoo artists of this like mystical union tattoo artists who determine whether or not someone's a nice man is actually going to be kind of like kicked out of this union and possibly killed. <laughs> Taken out Possibly. behind the sheds, like you have failed yeah. tattooing nice man on Norman Reedus. It looks like knob man. You know the rules. Whenever this happens, which it happens quite a lot, just because of like the lettering. Not that often, I yeah. would say. I mean, I think the circumstances under which it becomes absolutely legal for a tattoo artist to be hunted for sport are rarely met. But I think we might have just set the wheels in motion. But no, it definitely says nice man because Norman Reedus is a nice man. He's a nice man. That's that's what we're getting back to. Yeah. He's a nice man. Thank you for listening to Metal Gear Guff. Yeah, thanks for listening to Metal Gear Guff. Uh, whatever day this goes up on, I'm going to put my foot down here and say that that's going to be the day every two weeks that there's going to be an episode of Metal Gear Guff for the foreseeable future. That sounds, sounds good. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty good. I mean, it's a hard claim, but I think uh, obviously it depends on you still liking Metal Gear Solid enough to keep playing it I mean I guess that's really the only, only requirement based on what based on what's just happened and the fact that you've just told me there's going to be a fun lot of backtracking in future I mm. can't make any guarantees but I'm going to try yeah as long as it can go I mean obviously uh, so yeah right. thanks for listening to Metal Gear Guff uh, again I, I, I can only really apologise for Norman Reedus and if you're a fan of Mr. Robot you're allowed to like any television show you like, no matter how fucking idiotic and clearly for 12 year olds it may be um, that's not very nice at all I can't leave it like that I, sorry, we're, we're back after Christmas I didn't even say Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy New Year um, good vibes we, we want this to be a nice show, don't we Anna? where people leave feeling a bit we better than be, before they came here yeah, we want it to be a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year kind of sign off kind of show yeah, okay well, um, we hope you've enjoyed your time with us we will be back to uh, go a little bit further into Metal Gear Solid and possibly talk about other celebrities that everybody really fancies that we just can't quite work out why um, I've been Sean Casey and my recollection is that you had a bit that you were going to do at the end of episodes but maybe you've forgotten and you haven't got one ready I've got one ready oh okay well yeah um, I've been Sean Casey Anna who have you been I've been Mingus Reedus okay thank you uh, thanks for listening and goodbye goodbye